Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to be taking a look at Genesis chapter 27, verse 18 through 24. That's Genesis chapter 27, verse 18 through 24. And once you get there, whether you're on your phone or whether you brought your physical Bible, why don't you just say, I'm there or I'm ready. If you need a second, just say, hold up. Hold up, hold up. And then if you don't have your Bible with you, um, you can follow along on the screens. I'm reading out, out of the NLT tonight. We're going to be taking a look at the life of Jacob tonight. And I want us to read two portions of Scripture, starting with this one. And this is going to be a shorter message, y'all, or Lord willing. It's going to be a shorter message. So it says this, So Jacob took the food to his father. My father, he said, yes, my son, Isaac answered, who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. So he lied to his father, Isaac. I've done as you told me. Here's the wild game. Now sit up and eat it so you can give me your blessing. Can somebody say blessing? Isaac asked, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord, your God, Put it in my path, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come closer so I can touch you and make sure that you really are Esau. So Jacob went closer to his father and Isaac touched him. The voice is Jacob's, but the hands are Esau's, Isaac said. But he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy just like Esau's. So Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. And he said, but are you really my son Esau, he asked. Yes, I am, Jacob replied. And I want us to read also another portion of scripture, Genesis chapter 32, verse 22 to uh, 39. Genesis chapter 32, a couple chapters later on. And this is later on in Jacob's life, about 20 years later. It says, during the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives his two servant wives, I'm going to let Pastor Bobby cover that on another sermon, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Somebody say, bless me. You'll see that word so many times, blessing, blesser, bless throughout the story. But before he blessed him, the man asked, what is your name? He replied, Jacob. And he said, your name will no longer be Jacob for the man The man told him, from now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. The sermon title for tonight is The Blessing, The Blesser, and The Blessed. The Blessing, The Blesser, and The Blessed. 
I want to kind of just break up this one message into three segments, three points, um, and three parts for you to follow along. So feel free to take some notes tonight. But can we just pray together before we move forward? Who came here because you love Jesus? Don't you love him so much? He's so amazing. Come on, can you just thank him for what, you, what he's done in your life? Can you just show him some appreciation and gratitude? You're in this building right now. You could be anywhere else. You're not six feet under. You're not in the hospital. No, you're in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is the day, God, that you have made. We will choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us through another day, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are faithful and that you are good. Thank you for saving our souls. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for reconciling us. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you will continue to do. It's in your name that we pray. And everybody said... Amen, 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 amen. Turn to your neighbor before you take a seat and say, you are blessed. You are blessed. Anybody ever heard that song from Fred Hammond? We're blessed in the city. We're, I don't have the vocal strength or vocal cords of my sisters. This is what I got right here. Preaching it. I'm going to do my best to work with it. I don't sing or anything like that, but I was listening to that song earlier as I was on the way to San Marcos. I was picking up equipment for work. I was like, we're blessed. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Blessed in the field. Blessed. I don't know all the words, but you know, we need to sing that. Man, I almost texted the team, but I was like, you know, that's a lot of pressure. That's a complicated song. There's, there's something about those old school gospel classics, aren't there? Anybody know William McDowell, Fred Hammond, Bishop Paul S. Moore? Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Maybe you have some old ones. I, there's something about that music. Okay. But we're talking about the blessing, the blesser, and the blessed. Um, and tonight, for the next few minutes and moments that we share here together, um, I want us to take a journey uh, through the life of Jacob, uh, because I believe that there are important lessons and principles and revelation um, that we can take from it. Um, if you don't know who Jacob is, Jacob is one of the three main patriarchs that we find in the Bible. Uh, we know their names right, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, Jacob is also known, he's nicknamed the deceiver, um, the trickster, uh, the supplanter. He's also known as the hill grabber. And uh, Jacob's life uh, was full of ups and downs. In, in fact, even from birth, in the womb, um, his life was a struggle. Um, we find out that Jacob came from a set of twins. He didn't have an identical twin. He had a fraternal twin um, named Esau. Can somebody say Esau? Now, Esau, um, the Bible describes him as a hairy man, a, a rugged man, a redhead hunter. And we find out that Esau was the first to come out of the womb of his mother. So he was the first one to be birthed. And as um, Esau's coming out of his mother's womb, um, it is said that Jacob actually grabbed the hill of his brother and followed him out of the mother's room. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being in the, like, the operating room and all of a sudden a baby's coming out grabbing the hill? So that's why he's nicknamed, uh, Jacob's nicknamed the, the hill grabber. But that was a glimpse and that was a picture of what a majority of uh, Jacob's life would look like. He desired what his brother Esau had. He was constantly trying to stay ahead, and he was trying to keep up with his brother Esau, being the firstborn. Uh, because during that time, um, being the firstborn was a huge 
advantage because that meant that you were entitled to do two things. You were entitled to the birthright and you were entitled to a blessing, a special blessing from the father. So when the father died or even in the father's absence, um, the firstborn actually assumed the authority and responsibilities of the father. Anybody following along with me? We're going somewhere. So the son with the birthright would receive a double portion of whatever was passed down. And receiving this blessing, this special blessing from a father, was a high honor and carried heavy prophetic significance in regards to the future of the child, the future of the son. And if that wasn't enough, Esau was the firstborn. Jacob came out after him. Um, Esau was the favorite of his father, Isaac. It is said that Esau was a daddy's boy, but uh, I mean, Esau was a daddy's boy, but, but Jacob was a mama's boy. That Esau was a hunter, uh, but that Jacob was a cook. Like I said, the Bible even describes him in Scripture that he stayed nearby and around the tents. And he picked up a lot of things around. I guess he could say he was like a stay-at-home dad during that time. I don't know. So one day, the Bible says, the story goes, Esau, he came in from the fields, and he was hungry, and he was famished, and he wanted some food. And as he comes home, Esau comes into the house or wherever they're at, into the tent, that he smells the stew that Jacob has made. Have you ever came home before to any, like, and you smelt what your mom or what your wife was, for me, it's gumbo. That's what I had my last birthday. My mom said, what do you want for your birthday dinner? I said, just make me a big bowl, a big pot of some good gumbo. Pastor Don makes some of the best gumbo that you can ever, if we ever, we need to bring potlucks back at church, okay? I grew up at a UPC church. We had potlucks, just, I don't know, anybody know what I'm talking about right now? So, like, the potluck things, everybody brought something. Okay, I'm about to just, without Pastor Bobby's potluck, I'm just kidding, no. So, so Esau comes in. I want you just to imagine this and, and think about this for a second. Esau comes in. He's hungry. He comes in from the field. And Jacob made some good smelling, like, it's called red stew that, that he made. So, Esau asked Jacob, he said, Jacob, can I have some of that stew? And Esau responds back, I mean, uh, Jake, so Esau says, Jacob can have some of that stew. Um, and Jacob responds back by saying, because Jacob saw this as an opportunity to get what he desired and what he wanted, which he wanted the birthright. So he said, okay, Esau, yes, I'll give you this stew, but in order to get this stew, to get this bowl, you have to trade me your birthright. So in which, get this, in which Esau responded by saying, well, what's good, what, like, what's good is this birthright to me anyways if I'm going to die from being so hungry? Go ahead. Let's go ahead and do it. So get this. Esau swore to Jacob, and they made a deal, and he sold his birthright, like a big portion of his inheritance, and like to his brother Jacob for a bowl of stew. He, sold, he traded his birthright for a bowl of stew. Now, whenever I was thinking about this and, and looking into this a little bit more, um, I was looking into whether or not, like, he was truly about to die from not eating food. And the Bible doesn't say whether or not he was exaggerating about, you know, the state or condition of his hunger and his appetite. But the scripture, other scriptures do hint that Esau didn't really value his birthright as much as he should have. So he didn't really value and appreciate his birthright as much as he should have. So Esau, get this, 
Esau made a permanent decision based off of a temporary feeling. Esau made a permanent decision based off of a temporary feeling. He chose immediate gratification and by doing so lost something that would have changed the trajectory of his life, his legacy, as well as the trajectory of the world and the story that we see in Scripture. Because get this, if Esau wouldn't have made this decision, something they call it a foolish decision, we wouldn't be saying Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We'd be saying Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, which was the bloodline in which Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, came into the world. Anybody following along with me so far this Wednesday evening? And the Bible says, the scripture says that for the rest of Esau's life, he spent the remaining part of his life trying to get his birthright back. And he tried to get it back by, you know, using monetary things like, like silver and gold. But who knows, there's some things that money cannot buy, and there's some things that money cannot buy back. And Esau didn't value his birthright, and whatever you don't value, you will eventually lose. Uh, I guess the first point and first thing I kind of want to insert right now in this message is that we should not give up what we need the most for what we want right now. Don't give up what you need the most for what you want right now. Because here's what I've realized. We live in a day and an age, y'all where people are more times than not they chased after they chased after temporary pleasure rather than what's really important and by doing so they're lowering their standards and settling for less than God's best I'm speaking to any guys in here, any young guys in here, any youth in here, any older gentlemen in here that feel the need at times to give into the peer pressure and just to give in to what everybody else is doing or saying or talking about, whether at school or whether you're at work, and you're forfeiting some things, and in return, you're missing out on opportunities to represent God well and also missing out on living a life of integrity and character for your future, for your family, for your marriage. Hey, I'm speaking to any ladies in here. I'm speaking to any young girls in here that you feel the need to dress a certain way or act a certain way or post certain things online, maybe things that you know that aren't appropriate or things that really aren't you. Why? Because you're trying to get the attention of other people. What's the point? What is the point of us gaining popularity? What's the point of us reaching success according to the world standards at the expense and at the at forfeiting who we are and who God has called us to be? What's the point of gaining the whole world and yet losing our soul? Oh, come on. If you hear nothing else that I'm saying right now, what I'm trying to say is this. Don't trade your blessing for a bowl of soup. Don't settle for anything less than God's best. 
And this is for this can be related to so many things in your life. This could be for any single people in the building that are waiting and praying for a significant other and a spouse to any man. The Bible says, he who has found a wife has found a good thing. It didn't just say girlfriend material. No, it said wife material. Don't just lower your standards and allow anybody and everybody to come into your life and give yourself away freely and sleep around and do all these different things. No, I'm telling you what right now. Ladies, when you make Jesus Christ king over your life, he will send you a prince. It is worth it to wait. Good things come to those who wait. Don't rush into anything or just settle for less in whatever area. This could be for your career. This could be for your family. Because more than ever, people want instant gratification. And it's so nice, you know, at times to have something for a moment. But I'm telling you right now, it's worth it to wait. He traded his birthright for a bowl of stew. Just think about that for a second. So Jacob got the birthright, but he still wanted the blessing from his father, which brings us to the first part of Jacob's life I want us to focus on. So now we kind of have this set up. We have this structured looking at the life of uh, Jacob. I want to talk about the blessing first. Somebody say the blessing that he received from his father, Isaac. Now, like I mentioned previously, there's a difference between the birthright and the blessing. The blessing was more important than the birthright. The blessing was more important than the birthright. See, in this time of the patriarchs, the blessing acted as a last will or testament and were highly prized as a means of revealing God's will. And by Jacob receiving this special blessing as the first, like the firstborn would receive, he was securing his position and he was securing his inheritance. And the Bible says this. The Bible says one day when his father Isaac, he was getting older and he was becoming blind, his father, he called for, for his son Esau. And Esau came in and he said, Esau, I want you to go out. I want you to go hunt some wild game. I want you to make me my favorite meal, make this, bring it to me, and then after you do that, I will bless you. But as they were having this conversation, he said, I want to bless you, Esau, right? As they're having this conversation, um, his mother overheard them, Rebecca. Somebody say Rebecca. She overheard this conversation, and we know that her favorite son was Jacob, right? And what she ended up doing, she ended up influencing Jacob to try to pretend to be Esau so that way he could steal the blessing from his brother. Just a quick side note to all the parents in here. Be careful what you place on your children and, tr- and be careful on, on trying to put things on them to try th- to make them become something that you want them to become but God has never called them to become. I was having a conversation with Stephen and Lori next door, our children directors, a while back, and we are talking about how each kid, honestly, there is genius within children. And honestly, right now, I mean, we're talking about children. Right now during this time, actually, I looked into it, uh, Jacob's supposed to be around 77. So he's old enough to make, like, his own decisions. I don't know. They live, like, crazy long in these days, right? But still, he was, who knows, like, I don't care how old I will get, I will still call Pastor Don my mama until I get old and gray. I'm going to say mama. I guess I'm a mama's, I'm a daddy's boy mama, I don't even know. I got a little bit of my mama, 
a little bit of my daddy, but you know. So, okay, where was I? I don't even know. I'm just kidding. So, um, so Jacob, you know, he has it in mind. I'm, I'm going to pretend. I, I'm going to, I'm going to be Esau. And, and the same thing is true for this, y'all. Be careful of other people in your life, not just for kids, but also for adults that will try to put things on you and try to shape you and form you into something or someone that you know that you really aren't. Because every person, we all have unique giftings and talents and abilities. Like, you're not like me. I'm not like you. Thank God that you're not like me. You know, I'm so thankful that we don't serve a cookie-cutter God. I'm so thankful that each one of us are, like, so unique. We have our different characteristics and qualities. Now, I'm not saying don't train up a child and help lead them on the right path in the right direction. But you know what I'm saying so far, church. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) So Jacob had it in his mind to steal the blessing. But there was a problem. Esau was hairy and rough and rugged, but Jacob was soft and smooth. I won't forget whenever I developed calluses on my hands. After working, I had my own lawn business. I started working out pretty hard, and I had like three jobs in high school at the same time, y'all. And honestly, I remember developing calluses. Like, yes, like I would love feeling it. It went from soft hand, you know what I mean? But so, so in other words, like Jacob didn't have no calluses probably. He was in the kitchen in different areas, and like, no, no offense to any men that know how to cook. In fact, I'm trying to learn how to cook even more. We got to move on, y'all. I'm thinking this short message into a long one. So, Jacob had it in his mind to be pretend to be Esau. So, what he did in order to try to deceive and trick his father Isaac was he got the skin off a goat and put it on his arm, and he presented a bowl of soup, pret- pretending to be someone who he wasn't. And whenever his father Isaac asked him, he said, are you Esau or are you Jacob? He responded by saying, you know, it's, it's me, Esau. But we know that's a lie, right? And it was like hard to convince his father a little bit because he was old and he was getting blind. He said, you sound like Jacob. Like, are you sure you're not Jacob? And he touched his, his skin because they got the goat's, uh, the goat's hair, the skin right there, and they touched it. And, and he said, okay, you are Esau. And he asked him one last time. He said, are you Esau? He said, no, I am, he said, yes, I am Esau. And I want you to hear me real quick. See, he had pretended to be somebody who he wasn't in order to receive a blessing from his father that wasn't rightfully his. Now, I can't fathom fully as to why God would allow this. I know that we have our free will and we had our, you know, choices and everything like that. And we have decisions that we can make and different things like that. And maybe God knew that Esau, like, you know, due to his lack of character and everything, he didn't really appreciate his birthright or whatever. But he pretended to be someone. I don't know if there's anybody in here that feels like you have to put on a mask or be somebody or do some things that you are not just so that way you can seek the approval of other people. See, there's some of us in here that are so good at pretending to be somebody that are not that we've convinced people even closest to us that we are somebody that we truly aren't. But I came to tell you, God can't fully bless who you pretend to be. God can't fully bless who you pretend to be. See, Jesus didn't, he, Jesus didn't die for who you pretend to be. Jesus died for who you truly are. And the story goes that after this blessing, y'all get this, after Jacob received this blessing, that he was on the run for 20 years from his brother Esau. 
Because his brother Esau, like, he was a rugged, rough hunter. He probably came back with weapons and everything coming from the hunt. Can you imagine Esau's reaction to hear that his blessing, not only his birthright, but his blessing was taken away from his brother? So he, he was out for blood. He wanted to come and take Jacob and, and try to get back at Jacob. And, and so Jacob ends up being on. See, you can get what you want, but not appreciate or like what you got if you got it the wrong way. You can get what you want, but not like what you got if you got it. The, see, there are certain ways to receive things. So fast forward real quick. We're going to go further. 20 years later, Jacob is still on the run from Esau. And during this time, he's married. He has a family. And this is whenever he meets the blesser. Can somebody say the blesser? Which goes into the next portion and phase of Jacob's life. It says this. One night when he was alone. Um, so one night when he was alone, he came across a man in which he wrestled. That's what the scripture says. See, Jacob, one night he was by himself, his children, his, his wives were elsewhere, right? And what happened was he came across a man, and they got into a tussle, they got into a fight, and he wrestled with him. And in order to break, in order for the man to break free, the scripture says that he touched the hip of Jacob, which his hip, in the, what scholars believe and theologians believe that around this time, he was 90 years old. So no wonder Jacob, like his hip came out of socket during this time. I won't forget when my dad, Pastor Bobby, I wasn't planning on mentioning this, but it just came to my mind. When my dad and us, we went to the lake area, my cousin Ricky, my dad thought, like, you know what I mean? He thought he could whoop him because, you know, one time Ricky was really little and my dad's like, you know, you know what I mean? Anyways, he was really little. Now Ricky got all big. And I won't forget seeing them wrestle and thinking to myself, my dad's going to get himself hurt. You know, he thinks he can really take him. You know what I mean? And what ended up happening was my dad ended up breaking his rib on vacation. And he got, you know what I mean? He got injured. I don't know why. I see Brandon back there. Brandon's, Brandon's in jujitsu. Oh, sorry. I probably shouldn't say your name. Brandon's, <laughs> I know somebody earlier this week. He told me that he got into a wrestling match at, at his uh, dojo in Brazilian place. And they teamed it up with somebody who had um, an ankle monitor on them as well. I was like, bro, man, come on, man. I don't know why this came on. <laughs> But he wrestled. That's what the point is, y'all. He's wrestling. He's wrestling right now. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> but get this. I, I say that's, you know, I don't really say that for any other reason. But get this. Even though his hip came out of socket, even though his hip came out of socket, Jacob refused to let go until the man blessed him. Jacob, since something was different about this person and about this individual, that he carried something about him. And we find out later that who he was wrestling with was God. In fact, what theologians, what theologians believe and suggest that who he was wrestling with was actually a form of Jesus Christ. In fact, they say that it was Jesus pre-incarnate. So he's wrestling with Jesus. He's, he's wrestling with God. And before the blesser could bless Jacob, he asked him for his name, in which he responds as Jacob. So he's the same question. He got asked from his father, before his father, what is your name? Are you Esau? Are you Jacob? He said, oh, I'm Esau. Then he wrestles with God, and God says, what is your name? And this time, he's talking to God, and he can't trick or deceive God. And in order for him to receive a blessing, a full blessing from God, he had to tell him who he really was. So we said that he was Jacob rather than Esau because we said it earlier, God can't bless who you pretend to be. 
See, God can't bless Jacob dressed as Esau. It was time for Jacob to receive a blessing of his own. And once Jacob tells God his real name, God gives him a new one, which is Israel, which if you do a study in it, one of the definitions, one of the meanings for Israel is firstborn, which for a large portion, majority of, of, of Jacob's life, he wanted to be firstborn. And in one moment, God gave him a new, see, all it takes is one encounter with God, one encounter with Jesus for him to give something to you and impart something unto you that you've been chasing for and and looking forward to in your entire life. And guess what? Jacob discovered his identity not in a success but in a struggle. Not in a success but in a struggle. And can I tell you something? Sometimes God has to allow you to go through a struggle so that way you can discover who he has called you to be. Oh, this is good stuff right now, y'all. Sometimes you have to go through some things for God to develop you and mature you and for him to bless you the way that he needs to bless you because some of us want to receive blessings from God, but if God blessed you right now where you are, you wouldn't be able to handle it. 20 years later, after receiving the blessing from his father, he met God, talked, he clinged on to Jesus, and guess what? It says that he clung on to Jesus. He refused to let go of Jesus. See, Jacob finally came to a point in his life when he graduated from chasing after and running away and just clinging on to his brother Esau, where he clinged on to Jesus. And when you encounter the true blesser and when you encounter Jesus, it's so important to let go of everything else in your past, previous mistakes, past failures, letting go of what other people may think. The best thing that we can do is cling on to Jesus. That's See, even he was wounded, and he was hurt, and I'm sure he was in pain, but guess what? He still hung on to Jesus, and I want to preach to anybody that may be heartbroken, and that may be in pain, and that may feel anxiety, and you may feel depression. What do you do? You cling on to Jesus, the anchor of our soul. Come on. God is very near. He's ever present in the time of trouble. Come on. Is there anybody in here? You had nothing else, but you just clung on to Jesus. You said, I don't know how I made it through that season. I just clung on to Jesus. I don't know how the bills are going to get paid. I'm just going to cling on to Jesus. I know my children's acting a fool. Just cling on to Jesus. Oh, come on. And the scripture says that after he clung on to Jesus, he let go and God blessed him that he never walked the same. He never walked the same. Oh, come on. I know this may sound cliche. I've heard it preached a thousand times before too. But who knows that when you truly have an encounter with God and you truly have an encounter with Jesus, we should begin to walk different, talk different, act different. And if people say, can you imagine what people ask Jacob, Jacob, what happened to you, man? You're walking like this. All, you know what I mean? Like, he's, and you would say, no, I had an encounter with God. See, there should be something different in our walk, in our talk, in our words, in our actions, in our deeds. And people say, man, what happened to you? You used to just get high. You used to just get drunk. You used to come out with us every other weekend. What you're walking different. And you need to say, I had an encounter with the Lord. And guess what? Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody say the blesser. The blesser. 
Oh, my gosh. Man, we can just keep on going on this, y'all. So do you want to, okay, so even after this moment, y'all, I want you to think about this. Years later, after Jacob is dead and he, he's passed away and he's gone, and whenever Moses, get this, when Moses is talking to God, God, we know God changed Jacob's name to Israel, right? He gave him a new identity. And you would think that whenever Moses asked God a question, whenever God says, go to tell, tell Pharaoh, go to my people, and Moses asks, who do I say sent me, Lord? Like, who do I say sent me? He said, I am. Tell him, I am. The God. And guess what he says? Guess what he says? Get this. He says, tell the God of Abraham, Isaac, and not Israel. He says, Jacob. Jacob. You think that God would choose to identify and be Lord over the good side of Jacob, Israel? He said, no, Abraham, Isaac, and God's not ashamed of you. He's not, he's not afraid to claim you. He knows every, see, he's not just God of your good deeds. He's God over and he can cleanse you and wash you from everything that you've been through in your past. See, in my, when I am weak, I am made, see, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Alicia, you can come up. We're going to get to the last part right now. So we're going to talk about the blessed. Can somebody say the blessed? The blessed. Anybody getting something out of this Wednesday evening? Just one thing, y'all. So we talked about how we received the blessing from his father and how we met the blesser. He met God. Now I want us to take a look at the end of Jacob's life. Where guess what? Now him being the father, he has the right to give a blessing to sons. He's in the position that his father Isaac was in. And I want you to look at this right here. And, and, and Genesis chapter 48, verse 12 through 14, and just to kind of speed you up to this, what we're seeing right here, Jacob, he's an old man. He has multiple sons, one of his sons being Joseph, which we know that Joseph was second in command in all of Egypt, right underneath Pharaoh. And Joseph, Joseph has two sons of his own. He has Ephraim, somebody say Ephraim, and Manasseh. I want you to follow along with this because this is powerful, y'all. Joseph has two, two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And before Jacob is, is fixing to pass away, he's getting older, he knows his time is running out. Joseph desired for his father to bless his children. So Joseph brings his two sons to him, and I want you to read this. It says in Genesis chapter 48, verse 12 through 14, Joseph moved the boys who were at their grandfather's knees, and he bowed with his face to the ground. Then he positioned the boys, get this, in front of Jacob with his right hand. Somebody say right hand. Directed toward, directed Ephraim toward Jacob's left hand. And with his left hand, he put Manasseh at Jacob's right hand. So he, Joseph placed Manasseh to his right hand, Ephraim to his left hand, Jacob's. But it says this, get this. But Jacob crossed his arms. And as he reached out to lay his hands on the boys' heads, he put his right hand on Ephraim. And though he was a younger boy, his left 
even though he was the younger boy, he placed his right hand on Ephraim and his left hand on Manasseh, though he was the firstborn. Remember at the beginning we talked about how the firstborn was entitled to the special entitled to a special blessing from the Father. And it says that in order for this to even take place, the scripture says that Jacob adopted Ephraim and Manasseh as if they were his own sons. So like in that view right there, those were his two sons that he had. He was about to bless them. And in order for the, the firstborn to receive a special blessing, the father would need to take his right hand and place it on him. Because we know in the scripture, the right hand is a sign and representation of authority. That's why the Bible says that Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. He's seated in a place of authority. So get this. So when the time came, Manasseh, get this, Manasseh was the older son. Manasseh was the firstborn. Manasseh was qualified. Manasseh met the requirements. Manasseh was entitled to being a recipient of the blessing from the Father, the special blessing from the right hand. Ephraim didn't. So now Jacob is fixing to bless Joseph's sons, and he does the unthinkable. Think about this. Jacob, what he did was he crossed his hands, and he placed the right hand, the, the hand that carried the blessing, like the blessing, he placed it on the younger son, Ephraim, and he placed his left hand on Manasseh, which made Joseph a little upset too. He's like, why are you doing that? You already know how this goes. Like, he's the firstborn. Why don't you bless him? And maybe Jacob had some sympathy towards him because just like him, he was the secondborn. But get this, theologians suggest and actually believe that what we're reading and what we're seeing is a foreshadowing and a picture within the Old Testament pointing to Jesus Christ and what he would accomplish. Because you do know that Jesus Christ is known as the firstborn among many brethren. And on the cross over 2,000 years ago, God the Father crossed his arms, crossed his hands, left hand. Father, why have you forsaken me? And we, who've been adopted and brought into the family of God, we weren't deserving of the blessing. We weren't worthy of salvation. We weren't entitled to anything, but yet through the love of the Heavenly Father and through the obedience of Jesus Christ, God crossed his arms, and we were like Ephraim, not worthy and deserving of being called blessed, but yet God still blessed us. Come on, stand to your feet. What are you trying to say, Caleb? God chose us over his firstborn. Everything in Jacob's life was leading up to and pointing towards Jesus Christ. It was all pointing towards Jesus Christ. See, Jacob received the blessing from his father. He met the blesser. And now we are called blessed 
Somebody say, I'm blessed. Come on, you need to say, I'm blessed. See, because here's what's happened now. People have hijacked the term blessed where you think that how blessed you are is depending on how many possessions you have and what car you drive and what house you're in. And yes, those can be signs of blessings, I believe. But can I tell you something? Being blessed really isn't about possessions. It's all about position. It's about, see, right now, because of what if Jesus Christ is that we're positioned to receive his love, his mercy, his grace, his forgiveness. You're covered. Somebody say, you're co- I'm covered. Somebody say, I'm blessed. Come on. We're about to go right now, but I feel like God, I just feel like, I know this is a simple message. I know it's a shorter message right now, but I just came to tell you right now, God chose you over his firstborn. Jesus Christ came into the world. Jesus Christ really did die, but Jesus Christ really did rise. The debt was paid. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. And if there's one person underneath the sound of my voice that hasn't taken that first step of repentance and and receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's by no accident or coincidence that you're here in this building or you're watching online. No, Jesus wants you to have an encounter with him where you discover who he has called you to be, where you begin to walk different, and God will empower you. God will grace you. God will be with you. No matter who's thankful, our God will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Jesus was forsaken so we could never be forsaken. I believe that God's in this building right now. I know his spirit is moving right now. Don't try to be somebody that you're not. Don't try to pretend to be. Don't feel like you need to lower your standards and do things and to try to accommodate and bend to the culture. No, be who God has called you to be. He loves you just the way you are. He loves you way too much to keep you the way you are. He loves you so much. Every head bowed, every eye closed before we go. Lord Jesus, I pray just for maybe even that one person underneath the sound of my voice, Lord, that needed to hear this message, Lord. Whatever they grabbed out of it, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, that they would know that they are loved, that they are cherished, Lord, and that right now in this moment, come on, that you're giving people boldness, Lord, to stand and be who you've called them to be, God. That they don't have to become or try to be somebody that they're not. That you can't bless who we pretend to be, Lord. I thank you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name. Come on, right now, if you've never accepted Jesus in your heart and Jesus in your life, I want you just to say a prayer. Say, Lord, forgive me. Jesus, I believe that you died. Jesus, I believe that you are Lord. I believe that you rose. I make you Lord over my life. I love you, Lord Jesus. And for the rest of you, can you just repeat after me before we get into worship? Somebody say, I'm blessed, I'm loved, I'm favored. Jesus, give me the wisdom and the guidance and the understanding to step into everything you've called me to step into and become everything you've called me to be. I refuse to be or act like somebody that I am not. Jesus, I thank you for what you've done. I love you. And Je- I know it's a simple prayer, but before we go, can we just worship before we go right now? 
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.